Yeah, but I'm gonna. St- I'm still gonna talk about it. First, I'm gonna start out with I. After this episode, I'm gonna march on over to Long MMA and put some fight gear on and play Punch Face. Are you? Yep. Look at you. Yeah. It. Uh, it's been a minute. I haven't. I have. I haven't moved around. I think I maybe moved around with like one guy. In a locker room before his fight, since I retired. Who was the one lucky guy? I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to think. (laughs) You don't remember? No. All right. I hear you on that. That could even be a lie. I don't even know if that's true or not. But I would imagine I was in a locker room with someone helping them. Oh, Hugh McKenna, maybe? Yeah. Uh, Did you work with him at all? Or maybe when you went and... Remember when we went to... Where'd we go? Delaware? For that one fight, and I had to roll out. Was that post-retirement? I was it. I don't know. I think so. Um, that was no, that was Pennsylvania. Yeah, and you stayed in the college town. I had to roll. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, dude, that was post-retirement. I'm not sure. But who knows? Like I said, may or may not have. May or may not have moved around with someone. Yeah. Um, but you're going to do it tonight at the prestigious Long yeah. Island MMA. Yeah, and I tell you what, man, I was getting, I was, I'm in like a really good mood about it. Okay. Usually when I'd go spar and shit, I'm like, oh fuck, this, you know, I gotta get in there and give it my all. Cause like, let's say things, let's say, <laughs> let's play devil's advocate. <laughs> let's say things don't go my way. I can be like, all right, don't feel like doing this anymore. <laughs> Let's say what? Things don't go your way in sparring? Yeah. In like an hour? Yeah. Okay. Let's say I'm getting my fucking shit pushed in, which <laughs> which is very, very hypothetical. Um, Hypothetical? I mean, that could be a guy there, too. No? I mean, for the most part, it's going to be amateurs, right? Yeah. Who do you think? Uh, No pros. Wade won't be there. Will Ryan be moving around? Maybe Ryan will... Uh, well, the thing is, is if you outweigh me by a ton, I'm like, again, I don't have to go with who I don't want to go with. And then you can justify it a little differently. Like, oh, he's fucking big. Right. Yeah. Which when I was fighting, I'd be like, nah, I got to fucking beat this guy because he's not in the UFC and this guy, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I got to go in there with something that I don't feel like my opponent can do. So it's been, yeah, so obviously, yeah, when you did the grappling match, you didn't do any sparring. Nope. You just did. I haven't even hit a bag well, hang on. I've hit a bag like once as I was walking by it, like maybe a handful of times, but I haven't even done bag work for over a year. Do you miss it at all? I guess we're going to see. But even that, like... And I'm like, do I put on headgear? Like, what do I have? Is your reason for sparring because you miss it, or are you just sparring for the... I just... Some days... I used to enjoy sparring. Well, no. Some... I think... Like some days I'm I'm going about my day I'm like man I just I don't know I fucking this sucks or whatever or I just don't feel uh maybe important sometimes or I just feel like sparring and fighting is a fucking if you're good at it it is a fucking morale booster it's yeah. like fucking it's like a like a drug or like alcohol that you you know you can't buy you have to go do it kind of it's like a runner's high. Okay. I can see that. If you're kicking asses. Or even if it's like back and forth, close, close. Or even if you're asking you fucking land one dope shot. 
you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, as long as you're not just covering up, getting right. fucking lumped up. Yeah. Or every time you step in and swing, you get clapped. Yeah. Then, then, then it's not fun. Yeah, when you're just swinging and not getting hit in anything and fucking getting hit, that sucks. Or when you take that swing and then you get clapped, like, all right, I'm not yeah. going to throw any, I'm not gonna throw like, that again. Hang on, move around with Usman a few times. Like, just move around light. He does that to me because I'm going kind of slow. I have to, like, fucking jolt at him full speed to hit him. Why, he claps you? Well, no, if we're just, like, like he'll hit me, like, six times, you know, and I'll have to eat them before I can, like, maybe get a jab on him because he's so <laughs> damn long. And this is when we're just moving around nice and light. You know what I'm saying? There's, yeah. there's such a weird gray area when they're like, hey, 50%. All right, yeah, cool. Like, it's not like, all right, here's your 50% button. Here's mine. Yeah. You can only move. It's... I've been around a few people. I know you have. We're like, oh, this is your fifty percent. Oh my god! If yeah. this is your fifty percent, why aren't you a world champion? <laughs> Please tell me that, cause yeah, hundred percent. And then you get people that like that's just their thing, even too. They'll say go light, then they're going really fucking yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah. And then you're almost like, all right, next time he comes in, I'm fucking hitting him. <laughs> I'm hitting him. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, I'm. I don't play that game. Like. We're going whatever percentage I think you're going. Yeah. So sometimes we're like 50% and the guy's going like fucking 30. You're like, really, dude? What? A, we're not even... You're going slower than drilling. Something that I always did when I would train is I saw Carlos Condit say it when he was training with the troops. He was like... They were like, how hard are we going? And Carlos Condit was like, we're going as hard as you want to go. So you set the pace and he pretty much put it out there. Like, if you start swinging to take my head off... I'm knocking you the fuck out. Right. And the guy started swinging to take his head off, and Carlos Condit knocked the guy the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's how I go with sparring. You know, because I've been a few spots where, like, all right, go nice and light. All right. And this guy's like, wham. I'm like, all right, I'm going back. And the coach says, hey, yo, guys, guys, guys. We're not going full spar. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, well, fucking talk to this guy. I'm not bitch. He ain't fucking punking me, dude. I remember one day at the pro class when we did some sparring, and it was – no depot, no LaFlair. You might have been there, but you like you don't do you never back then you were like in and out. You didn't take that like coach role, you know what I mean? You no, were there I did. like what are you talking about? a little bit, but it was like one of those days then even you weren't there. It was Hugh McKenna and Josh Marsh started pretty much fist fighting. But like I was definitely there. Were you there? Yeah, because I like I mean I've done it even with Gregor. Like we'll be sparring and whatever and like we'll just be moving around shadow boxing. And Gregor's like hitting me and I'm like Bro, this is going to turn real. And, yeah. like, before it was like, hey, it's about, like, my jiu coach was like, hey, Gregor, like, he's got a fight coming up. Like, nice and easy. You have fucking four-ounce gloves on. Run. I'm trying to remember if you were there. But I remember having the conversation with Eric Ott and being like, should we should we step in on this? And we were like, yo, guys, relax a little bit. And they relaxed for, like, ten seconds mm. and then started hitting each other again. Four-ounce gloves. Yeah, Hugh McKenna is one of those. He doesn't really. He either, like, is, like, drilling like this. Yeah. Or he's fucking trying to knock you out. And they're both just two of the yeah. nicest guys ever yeah. that never were that guy. And I don't know what happened that day, but they were just going. And it wasn't even malicious at all. Yeah. They were just bite, both biting and fucking swinging. Yeah. And then I forget the other two. I'd have to ask Eric. But then there was two other people sparring, and they were doing the same thing. And we were like, man, today's, today's one of those days. Everybody's fucking light sparring definitely went to hard sparring. I mean, in terms of, like, my career and stuff, that I actually had... I don't know if it makes me sound like a bully or not, but like my train, my good training partners, I would work with. I'm working with you. <laughs> like I'm not trying. Like if you, I'm trying to maybe knock you out, mm -hmm. but 
Like, if you're on the ground, you're not responding to hammer fist, I'm not going to try and finish. You know what I mean? Or whatever, you know? Because I yeah. need you to get up. I want you to be able to train with me and stuff like that. But there were, like, amateurs. I'm like, all right. I got to get good at finishing people. Yeah. This I would guy. almost say part of why I even sucked is that was one of the things is I would never try to knock out my sparring partners. And I always felt like people were trying to knock me out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think you felt it. Like, the closer I get to my fight... The more people become like, okay, I can dispose of him. Who you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. Like I think, like ah, like <laughs> yeah. Like I've told, say, uncle. I've told that story that one day, like the first time you ever tapped me, and you got me like six times in that one day because you walked into pro class and it was just me, Al Jones and Mike Kuhn. and I was like, oh, I'm gonna have a day going with these two. They're both way smaller than me, and then the door opened and you walked in like sunglasses, like kind of in a bad mood, like you didn't even want to be there because you were like two weeks out from Clay <laughs> yeah. Guida. Okay, and then I'll always remember. At one point, you had my back, and you were like, you you whispered in my ear, you're like, I could face crank the shit out of you right now, <laughs> but I'm not gonna. <laughs> well, then I wasn't. Then you weren't to be disposed of. Yeah, no, you were disposing on me. You no, like, hang on. I some days I come in, and uh, and your face crank the shit out of somebody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Sergio tells a story one time. I I was like breaking up with my kid's mom and. It was bad. I'm like, I didn't like. It was like on a Tuesday evening where I didn't even ever spar. Yeah. And I just like, I just left the house like, fuck this. And I'm like, someone's getting their shit fucking. I'm I'm fucking someone up tonight. And fucking, I was like, wrestling like hardcore fucking rock. I'm like, mm. I came in just like business, just like started warming up, headphones on. People are like, what's up, Dennis? Like, wouldn't even pant. Like, almost like I'm. It's fight night. Yeah. Like I've seen you in that mode a few times. I'm like, oh, he's. Yeah. He's there today. I remember one day I came in to train and, uh, you know, like Greg was there. I don't know who was there, but like only two people showed up to train and they were like lesser guys. And I was like, I, that that pissed me off that like my good you train partners, there, yeah. that my good train partners weren't here. So I was like, all right, here's what we're doing. Both of you guys are rotating in on me. And like one guy left with like a black eye, the other guy, bloody, you know. <laughs> And even that day that I was talking about with Mike Kuhn and Al Jones, I remember them being like, oh, because that happened before with the flare where it was a pro class mm -hmm. and it wound up being a few. And the flare was like, you're all going to rotate in on me. Mm -hmm. He was getting ready for a fight. So I thought, oh, we're going to all rotate on Dennis. And you looked at Greg and were like, I want Stanley for the whole time. And I was <laughs> like, oh, really? And then I remember the warm up. I guessed on the warm up. I was like, oh, my God, he's moving. You know, when you do the takedown for takedown, mm -hmm. you were going way too like you were resetting. And just too in shape for me at that point. And I was just like, man, this fucking sucks. Uh, one time I was doing, they call them two and twos. Yeah. So I was doing that with uh, Ben Henderson. I don't know if I told the story. We were overseas. Yes, you've told this one. Me, Gray Maynard, and I forget whoever were like. Carla. We were knocking them down. Or was, then, it, was yeah, it Ashley or Carla? It was, I think it was Carla. And Ben was like, hey, Dennis, like after the seminar, like, hey, you want to do some two? I'm like, yeah, I can. Not too bad. I can do that right now. And he like fucking put this insane pace where like, I'm like, this dude's trying to break me. <laughs> but I wasn't, but like when I was like, this guy's trying to break me, it was already too late. Like I was already really tired. Yeah. It wasn't like, all right, we can do we doing this. All right, let's go. Yeah. It was like, oh, I'm getting tired. And then when I tried to do it back to him, he was still fresh. I was like, fuck. I had that with you that day. I was like, man, Dennis is, he's going really fast. Yeah. Like he's trying to fuck me up. I was disappointed <laughs> in myself. What? The day with Benson? Yeah. Where I had to be like, you good? It was like 40 minutes. Like, you good now? He's like, yeah, I guess that'll do. And I was like, fuck you, bitch. 
Oh my god, the day with you, I hated my life. I remember you armbarred me. Yeah, I'll armbar you again. No, you you were not an armbar guy, but you armbarred me like over. Like, you know what's weird is like I, I get I would get into these like submission phases where I'll hit like fucking armbars for two weeks straight. I'll hit heel hooks for two. Like I get into this like that's I don't know. I just keep this move just keeps happening. You like armbarred me over the back. Uh, yeah, and that I was remember, my jam for a minute. And I remember saying to Depot, like, I'm dog shit right now. He's like, no, no, no. I've been working on this a lot with Dennis. And I was like, yeah. I don't give a fuck. I would take a dude's back and make them, like, fucking kind of fear the rear naked choke or whatever. Yeah. And I'd have one, le- I'd have both legs in. I'd slide out the one side and take the arm with me. Yeah. yeah. Bro, like, I'm, you know, obviously we always shit on me on this show. But even that, like, I remember almost, I could pretty much remember everyone that's ever submitted me. Like to a T. Well, you have a, you know, that's a, that's actually a fault, Stan. Is it? Yeah. Why do you say that? You like remember your, well, I mean, I guess they say you remember your losses, but like, I don't remember most of my training. Uh, well, I do. Even that though, from a young age, I was always a young kid in a room with adults. So then by the time I got to training with people my own age, I was good enough to not get submitted. So the few times that until, it. Until you've met the man. Yeah, so the times that it did happen, I'm like, oh, I fucking remember uh, that. I got you. Got and then even if I got if I got something submitted in some which way by like a, someone I thought was a lesser skilled, that would always stick yeah. with me. Like you're fucking slipping. You're slipping now. You know what I mean? Yeah, there are. There's like two times in training that I really remember well. Is one I knocked out my uh, pro cop for like he was asleep for a minute and a half. I thought he was fuck with me. <laughs> I thought because he, he was legit snoring, and then the other time is when I, um, I submitted black belt Marcus Gavau. Ooh, what'd you get? What'd you catch Laurel with? I hit him with a fucking guillotine. No, it was it was something I I forget the move. It was a choke. Oh, I think I like front headlock. I dropped in, shot this cross neck, and then slapped it over the top of his back. Like a ninja choke. Yeah, like and then... A, like oh, a, they call it a ninja choke or a power guillotine. Was it the... Or was it like a Bravo or... Yes, the, the I hit him with a Bravo. Yeah. And I just think he didn't know that I knew that move. Because it, it was pretty... It was at the old gym, the, the first Long Island MMA. Mm-hmm. That was just like, boom, snapped him down. Well, bang, even that, and slapped like, it over and ran it over. And, he, and I got him. I was like... <gasps> like, they weren't specialists at the Bravo choke in PA. Right? What are you talking about? I'm saying, like, they weren't... When you got to Long Island MMA, you met Depot, who's like a specialist. I knew no jiu-jitsu. Yeah, so I'm saying, when you first learned I it, didn't even really know how to do an armbar. I mean, I just... I knew, like, pull the arm across his chest, kick the hit, and just swing the legs over the head. Yeah, when I first... Because I, like, lived in Florida, took, like, a year off of training. Then when I first got to Lima, when they first were opening the gym... And I like rekind, like, you know, I saw Greg for the first time in years and I started training with a lot of the DRC guys. That was the only thing people were catching me in yeah. was Darsh chokes. Right. And then I remember being like, man, they were not that good at this in Florida. Yeah. Like when you probably came here from PA, you were probably like, what the fuck? Did you ever even see that really? At that point, a Bravo choke? I I didn't do jiu-jitsu. Nobody could. I would just wrestle fuck people and that was it. <laughs> And just Hulk out Dude, of shit. Dude, I would tap people out by taking their back and just arching my back. Like, just separating their spine almost. Yeah. 
right. I like that. I would that. just make shit. I would just hit people with, like, illegal wrestling moves. Which are jiu-jitsu moves. Some of them, yeah. Yeah, well, a guillotine's... Like, like a half Nelson when you fucking grab your own chest and you pull up. Yeah. Even that's what... You ever see the thing Eddie Bravo does? Twisters. The, the twister, yeah. It's called yeah. a guillotine in wrestling. Yeah. But it's like a... It's a pinning combination in yes. wrestling. But yeah. if you hold it tight, you can... Yeah. When I want to show off at home matches, I used to do that for people. Guillotine people? Yeah. Okay. Like, hey, watch this. I would like... Make the kid like... (laughs) (laughs) I'm fucked up. Where, like, their back isn't really black, but they're like, pin me! Just Just stop, it hurts. Yeah. But the referee doesn't stop that? Um, No, because he's on his back. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you're excited about going to spar tonight. Hopefully you uh Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Lump some dudes up. I need to find where that I mean if I come and take video, that would also motivate you though a little bit more. I mean, people would know, hey, he's doing it. No, but I'm saying like you probably be like, All right, now this is official, it's on video, I can't lose. Yeah, but you're not gonna come pussy. No, I am gonna go. Really? Yeah, I'm gonna stop in. Alright. Go talk to your friend Ryan LaFlair a little bit. So, I'm on Facebook. I'm scrolling. Ooh, we going here now? Yeah. <laughs> and I come across this post that a kid I went to high school with put up. I'm just trying to... Oh. It says... He says, What the fuck? This is crazy and so unexpected. Three years of building is paying off. I'm just happy to bring a tech solution that solves a problem to better my community. Eat O-K-R-A. Eat Okur or Okara? Okur. I can't do the tongue roll. Can you? Find black-owned restaurants. So it says New York couple develops app to help discover black-owned restaurants. And I kind of want to – I wrote down – I don't get it. But I wanted to write, what the fuck (laughs) does it matter what color someone is for how the food tastes? Now, I do, I'm not being stereotypical. I'm calling a spade a spade. I do know, like, if you just so happen to be black in color, you might be pretty good at, you know, some, like, Cajun or, like, Right or like, like a nice fried chicken. Right. Ooh. <laughs> Not. I mean. Well, I have one clip. Like that Cajun. I wanna... Like fucking. I don't know. No, nah, we're big on. St- I was. I have a clip where we say that because when we were talking to, who was it, Vicente Luque, and you were like, "You're a black." But belt? real quick, what the fuck does? Well, we're big on stereotypes. I don't care if you're black, here. white, yellow. If you fucking cook dope food, that should be it. Well, now even here, yeah. An app to find black-owned restaurants? I don't get it. The kid that you're talking about was a classmate. He didn't wrestle, right? No. He was a couple years older than me. I feel Maybe like, three, two, like three I've years. expressed this before. Like, racism clearly still exists in the world, you know? But, like, put your kids in martial arts or some type of wrestling and whatnot because I feel like that's where it goes away, you know, because you're always with people of all nah, different I think, walks of life. I think it, I think it matters. Well, yeah, uh... But I also think it's how you were raised. Mm-hmm. You know? But then... But the thing is, is like... 
if you're raised in like a my school household. was mainly white kids. This guy grew up in a mainly white school. I know. I remember Dean. It, there was me, another family of Puerto Ricans, and there was like I don't know, maybe ten black kids in my school. I remember having the conversation with you and Dean, and Dean was like, "I, your older brother." He was like, "I was pretty much the black kid yeah. in school," you know. Yeah. And even um. I remember talking to Lewis about it a little bit. Like, that's how it was. Is Lewis the other Puerto Rican? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny because, like, nowadays, like, I was at work today and someone was like, get up in the truck, boy. And he was like, he was kidding. I knew he was kidding. It wasn't a big deal. I didn't, whatever. And, like, he was like, hey, man, I was just kidding. I'm like, I know. I'm not, like, what do you mean? Like, people don't understand to offend me. I don't even. It's tough. It's. I was, again, I was born and raised in a mostly white town in upstate New York. And then I was in these, like, probably the worst, like, mouth-talking sports you can do. Like, foot, a football locker room, a wrestling locker room, a wrestling locker room in college, and then an MMA gym. Yeah. I would imagine those athletes talk about just the fucking... Nasty shit, and also they're the type of athletes that like I will fuck you up. So you'll say the craziest things to your. And the thing is, we're friends. Yeah. Like if I don't fucking make fun of you, you're not my friend. Yes, Dan. Sorry. We're aware of that. You're on thin ice now. <laughs> but so there's levels to right. If, if if I don't make fun of you, you're not a good friend. If I don't talk to you, or no, if I talk to you, whatever, like we're acquaintances, and then if I don't talk to you, I probably don't like you, yeah. or don't want to be your friend, or, but I talk to mostly, like if you like, or hi, hey, what's up, man? But yeah, even like that post, that's uh, oh, I, I almost like race baiting, or just something with that. Is it? Well, yeah, because yeah. I know like. Like, is he saying he doesn't eat at white restaurants? I don't know. He only know. wants to eat at black restaurants? Well, that's... he mean, I mean, growing up in Socrates, that's all he ate at was white restaurants. I mean, you you see me. If you're a... I think he lives in, I think he lives in, like, New York City now. If you're a black chef, white chef, Puerto Rican chef, I'm eating your food. Yeah, I don't give <laughs> one. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. One fuck. And even that, like, I, exactly what you're saying, yeah, like, it, that's also... So the way you said, if you're black, but no, hang on, real quick. Let me just—I had a thought off of what you said. You're like, racism, da da da. Like, people will be like, "You're racist against me," and then they'll turn this way and then make something that like segregates, segregates them. Yeah. What? Yeah, and then like, hey, you're being mean to me. So I'm only gonna hang out with people (laughs) exactly like me. Yeah. Because you're mean. That's like the world we live in, though. <sighs> and even that, like, so, you know, that, that term that is thrown around a lot today in the world triggered. Yeah. Something triggered that kid to where his idea was to make an app to only find. But he's older than me. I don't, I feel like. Now, is it because of maybe the athletics I did and the sports I did that, like, I think a certain way? Yeah, that's what I was saying before. I think, I don't know if I said it on the show or on the, or, or before the air. That is. What oh, you asked? Did you wrestle? Or? Yeah, but no, I said that. I'm like, uh, and I said when I was a little kid, and I would go to the PALs. I was with all black kids. <laughs> yeah. If I lost, it did, again, it didn't matter what color you were. I'm like, fuck that guy. Yeah. 
Fuck that yellow guy. Fuck that purple guy. Fuck him. I don't like that guy. Yeah, like I would go and it'd be like, whatever, tension. I didn't know yeah. these kids. And then we'd beat the shit out of each other and they'd be like, yo, what's your name? And then yeah. you start talking to the person. It's the same with jujitsu and wrestling. Like even Leem is a perfect example. Leem is very diverse. No, I'm a, but me and, her, me and you are different. I'm a sore loser. I'm a sore if loser If you too. beat me, there was no like. Uh, oh, I'm a horrible sore loser. It's like if it was close, I'd be like, yeah, you would give me friends. What do you assume when these, these black kids at the PAL just to beat me up? Yeah. No, I used to hold my own. But even like we were going to have a sheik on the show. That would have been a very diverse couch, me, you, and a sheik. He's got the flu, unfortunately. Yeah. But even like... Um, a sheik, a, a gym. So A sheik, a gym. A gym. The booty freak. So this uh, young professional now, he's got what? Three? Oh, a sheik? A yeah. sheik is 3-0. 3-0 oh. yeah. oh professional. Does he have three first round... No, he got a third. His last fight was a third round knockout. But he's knocking people out at 135. I think his first fight was a decision, and then I think he has two knockouts. Like walk off knockouts. Yeah, and even the last kid. Which is not. I didn't. I never walked off, knocked somebody out. The last kid that he fought was tough too. He knocked him out to the body. Yeah, he's got um another CES fighter. Same thing that uh Blaine, our last guest Blaine Shutt is fighting in, or from the last episode. So he's got 3-0 and in CES, which is where John Gotti fights as well. Very legit promotion. His first opponent, he decisioned. Then he knocked the guy out in the first round. Then the last kid, Ashik, went into the fight 2-0, and and the kid was 4-0. and And like a highly touted kid from up there. And uh, yeah, Ashik knocked him out in the third round. I think he knocked, did he knock him out with a body shot or a head shot? Yeah, body shot. Yeah. He hit him like with a nice two, and the guy backed up and started going like, uh, and then he just walked him down and like, bang. Boom, dude folded. So, like, again, talk about sparring. I would spar a sheik, mm-hmm. and uh, I would hit it. Like, you know when you punch someone, you feel like your knuckles through the glove, like, hit them, hit their their skull? And you're like, oh, yeah. And, like, as you put it away, you expect, you expect them to be, like, disintegrated. He would still be there, like, I'm like, and they, with a two-piece. I'm like, dude, yeah. I just melted you. How are you still standing there, you weirdo? I, I've watched his fights. He's fucking tough. Then I'm like, now I have to <laughs> Now I have to really go. Uh, I think the last time I went with him, I like caught like a flush, like head kick bad, where we had to kind of stop for a second. Like, you good? What, you hit him with a head kick? I think so. Okay. But that, that hang on, that could all, that was over a year ago, so that could be a lie. I don't know, you know. Could be a lie? Yeah. I'm sure he remembers it. Yeah, huh. Or maybe it was a kick in the dick. I don't know. <laughs> it was either in the head or the dick. We I, had to stop. I, I just remember we had yeah. to take a break yeah, for we a had minute. To stop. Yeah. So now your story was I hit him with a head kick. Cause you're like, you kicked me in the fucking dick. You bro. kicked me in the head of my dick. <laughs> 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 well, that was uh, one of your famous lines from Tough. Yeah, someone was a penis head kick. A penis head kick. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna penis head kick someone. If I'm, if someone's starting to put a lot of heat on me, and I'm starting to feel like I'm getting fatigued. Just bow. I'm, I'm penis head kicking them. There you go. Back them up. You get that one yeah. foul. Even in sparring, in sparring, you get endless fouls. I'm not yeah. gonna deduct What's no points from do? you. So he's gonna beat me up. Yeah. But even like we started even at the beginning of the show, and you touched on that your first fight since retirement. You didn't watch the UFC this weekend, right? I dabbled. You dabbled? I don't know. Maybe some highlights. All right. Well, Paul Felder, like, kind of retired. I right. don't know if it's official. Right. I mean, you spoke about that. Yeah, I don't know if it's official. I haven't seen any reports on whether or not it's official, but. So I spoke about the first time I retired, but I didn't tell anybody. Mm-hmm. 
And I remember talking to my manager like, fuck this. I'm done. He's like, listen, your, your temperament's high right now. Like you don't know, like you're very emotional. Don't say anything that you don't really mean out of emotion. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, fine. Which clearly wasn't told to Paul Felder. I mean, he was emotional. And he had the exactly. Mic right. yeah. Don't say things out of emotion if you don't really. You know what I mean? I know, but even there, I'm saying he was emotional, and they put the mic right in front of him after the fight because it was a main event. And I know that I think I've seen Joe Rogan even do it since then. But he said he wasn't going to interview people after they get knocked out. But Felder didn't get knocked out, so they went to war. And then I guess Felder started taking his gloves off, and that's why Dan Hardy was like, "Let me get a word with you." And then he was like, I can't do this. He pretty much said, I was like, I can't do this no more. You know, every time I do this, I have to leave my four-year-old daughter at home. So everybody does. Yeah. It affects everyone differently, I guess. I mean, I'm sure that too, like uh, even in your post-fight speech, you said like that you were showing your boys that Bermuda's boys don't give up. Yeah. So yeah, I'm sure kids weigh heavily on decisions in the moment and whatnot. But uh, yeah. Yeah, because they're like little fucking... I like watching Paul Felder fight. I think he's always yeah, action. Yeah, he always shows up. Yeah, always for shows sure. up. And, and then he even like... another one of those fights where could have went either way. Stan, pull it together. Could have went either way, but I think uh, I thought Paul Felder won. Huh. Yeah. Well, that's that's what can weigh heavily on a decision is like, yo, man, I won that fight. And yeah, I think he got a little pissy or could could get a little pissy with the judging. Like, what are they judging? What are they watching? Give us more judges. Because the judges were definitely heavily influenced by the fans. And also... Because where was the fight? In uh, Auckland. Austra- yeah. Like Australia. Pretty yeah. Much. yeah. In what's-his-name's backyard. Right. Yeah. So... But even... um, So I had Felder win in the fight. And then with like a minute or 30 seconds left in the fifth round, around that Hooker was losing, Hooker got a takedown. And that like, I guess, sealed the round for him somehow. So it's almost like you got beat up or outlanded with significant strikes for four minutes and 30 seconds, and then you got a takedown. You didn't land any significant ground and pound. You didn't almost finish the fight, but you won that round. You know, it was one of those. And even I think if you go off damage of the whole fight, like, the best punch that Hooker landed was in the first round. And it, like, progressively... So he fucked up Paul Felder's eye in the first round, and then his eye obviously progressively swolled rounds two, three, and four. So it could have been perceived like he's taking more damage, but he really wasn't. Right. You know what I mean? A good fight. Very good fight, though. A lot of calf kicks. Both of them are working the calf kick. Mm. Like, I think we've seen, especially after the Ayaquinta fight, that's something that Dan Hooker is, like, really into. Well, it's so effective. Yeah. I'm going to cap kick the shit out of motherfuckers tonight. Are you? Yeah, dude. That's that dude. Can, even with shin, shin guards on, that shit sucks. Yeah. Well, you don't have protection there. What do you mean? I'm saying even with the, like you have shin guards on your shin, so it'll take some of the power and sting away from that. Some, I mean, some of the shin guards go. I mean, here, like, what yeah. do you mean? They wrap a little bit. All right, I guess they do. It's like the side, it doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. You can have the padding on, like wham. Yeah. Fuck you. Well, like I forget who I was. I think I was talking to my friend Space Monkey, and that's what we were talking about—the calf kicks in that fight. And then I said to him, "I'm like, bro, they're stupid effective because he's uh-huh. been 
preaching calf kicks since like 1997. Yeah. He's like, bro, what do you mean? Kick him in the ankle. I'm like, what? You know, that he's been preaching those for years. And then I was saying how Jeremy Stevens, kind of, you had a fracture in your leg, right? Yeah. That's all. Like, these work awesome. Yeah. It was from a calf kick. Yeah. So they're highly effective. And then even that fight. Like, I remember, obviously, I underestimated Dan Hooker, and I know how good Iaquinta is. I was like, yo, Iaquinta's going to fuck him up. And then Dan Hooker wound up catching Al with a few calf kicks and... Mm. That was like a down. Uh, I remember at one point he kicked Al, and Al had to like. Oh my goodness! This mic's fucking up. No, just tighten it up, dude. I'm trying to. It's not tight. Well, you got your little, your little pause. Well, I remember at one point he calf kicked Al, and I think I don't know if Al dropped or Al had to sit down because of it. Like his leg shut off, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, it does. You good, dude? Trying. This mic's being a little... All uh, the way in the back. You're in the wrong spot. Right here. Tighten this. No. I got to tighten this. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Okay. You're stupid. No, I'm not. Whose mic isn't falling? Yours, because it was tightened over here. I'm telling you the way it's falling. It's falling off of this, not this. Bear with me. Bear with me. No, you're stupid. That is untrue. And you have a fat belly and long hair. What else, Stan? Where's your glasses? <laughs> Why, are you going to make fun of my glasses? Yeah, you fucking four-eyed motherfucker. Uh, do you still smoke weed? Uh, I'll dabble. You ever see... I don't know if you've ever seen... ass bitch. <laughs> there's a movie called The Grand. It's a poker movie. Okay. And the guy's like... Uh, he says something. He's like, oh, are you talking to me? He's like, no, I'm talking to the guy behind you, Mr. I might have astigmatism. And he's like, you know what? I do have astigmatism, and I don't appreciate you talking to people like that. And then it, uh, the crowd starts cheering. He's like, does anybody else have astigmatism? And the crowd starts going crazy. So there's a lot of people out there with bad vision that might be rooting for me in this scenario. Like, fuck you and your good eyes, Dennis. What's your vision? Uh, you means you have shitty genes. I have 2020. <laughs> Is that what it means? I mean... Name name another reason Otherwise like well I got fucking punished And yeah my Like I get that But If you never fucking If you just grew up as a kid You have fucking shitty vision So you got shitty genes Oh so I guess I got shitty genes I'm telling my mom he said that Go ahead I'll fucking <laughs> What are you gonna do Beat my mom up I'll be like why the fuck do you Give birth If you're gonna give out Shitty genes like To a kid that can't see Yeah Fucking got, him over I've had bad vision My whole life pretty much what do you think? Do you think it should be law, like whether you could, like, maybe like a written test or an athletic test or like a just a test? Like, you, can you give birth? Are you allowed to reproduce? Imagine you had to get, dude. That's the solution. Totally. There, you should be. You should have to get a license to be able to have kids. Oh, absolutely. I think that's a real thing. But what's the what's the protocol? What's the requirements? What are Dennis Bermudez's requirements? We'll we'll just keep okay. it. In, we'll keep it in New York State. We won't even go national. In New York State, no, nah, it's gotta be worldwide. It's gotta be worldwide. What are the worldwide requirements then, according to Dennis Bermudez, to whether or not you should have children? I don't know. Like a like a. What's the dumbest country, or dumbest state in our country? Would you say? Like, um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they say Florida's pretty stupid. Okay. 
You have to or Louisiana. You ha- yeah, you have to be able to obtain a GED from either one of those states, and that could be like I don't you know do that. Which let's say you take it, and you don't get it. Like you can, if you give a shit, you can practice to be able to ace that test. So that. Okay, you should be able to run, I don't know, a sub 12-minute mile. (laughs) Okay. Right? So you got to have a GED from Florida, at least. Right. Be able to run a sub 12-minute mile. And then, like, let's say say you're in a wheelchair. What about your vision? Or you have, like... What about your vision? Are you going full Hitler? And you're like, bad vision, you die. No. Because there are really <laughs> smart people or like fucking badass athletes or both that probably can't see for shit. Yeah. I know. I remember speaking of one. You ben, not being one of them. Benson Henderson. Me not being one of them. I used to be a fucking really good athlete. But Benson, like you, I don't think you'd be able to reproduce. Who, me? Yeah. I used to be able to run a sub 12. Uh, okay. But can you now, Stan? It doesn't matter. Why can't I now? Because I fucked my shit up. Okay. It's not my fault. That's not that's nothing to do with my genes, though. Oh. Well, but let's say you didn't apply for this license. And then we could even go there. Would I apply for a license to reproduce? No. Okay. So. So, but let's say you didn't want to apply for a license to reproduce, right? Time goes on. Fucking, you break your leg, right? You meet Mrs. Wright, and you're like, you know what? Holy shit. I will do anything for this woman. She wants a kid. So, okay. Let's go get that license. Matt, dude, that could be like a thing at the bar. Like, you meet a girl. She's like, you have your license for, to have kids? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. It's like, you are, you are so fine that I'll go get a license right now wow. to have kids. No, good on that. Comment in the, you know, in in the comments. If, you know, the license to have kids is, you should also acquire, like, over, like, like, you can't be able to, you can't have kids if you're on, um, like, what's the fucking, where you, the government gives you free money? Welfare. Welfare. Right? They seem like they have the most kids. Yeah. That you shouldn't be able to to do that. And now this is global, so we also have to. I mean, they do need something like that apparently in China, because China is like crazy overpopulated, and I forget the exact. Well, statistic. no, I think they're only allowed to have like one kid per couple. Now, what they, they, then they put that on there because people were having more than one kid, and they were getting crazy overpopulated. Uh. Let's see, China. But China like maybe was. like the physical test and the smart test like overrides. Like let's say. You get an exam and there's like no fucking history of you like having like shitty cancer or whatever yeah. in your family. Like you'd be like, all right, you could have your license. But let's say like, well, grandpa, you know, Nippy had colon cancer, so I got to be able to run the sub 12. Grandpa my, Nippy. Yeah, to get my license. So the People's Republic of China has the one child policy. And it was part of a birth planning program designed to control the size of its rapidly growing population. 
So yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah. China's like a bunch of rabbits. Yeah. But obviously, and it's with this, the one-child policy, there's stipulation. So they China's ahead of you. Well, not really. They didn't have it for reproduction. They have it for reprodu- reproducing more than one. Yeah, but liberal, this would not pass. Liberals would be like, fuck that. That means, so let's say someone gets knocked up. Like, what are you going to do with it? Like, well, you got to. And not even that. The lady saying liberals, I'm sure some race would find a way to be like, you're racist against us. Like, we can't run 12-minute miles or, you know, something. I don't know. All right, well. That's just how my brain works. Is it? Well, you got a crazy brain there. Well, I think it's because I'm, like, really good at those. Like, I have, I'm, like, I'm actually pretty smart. I know I come off as a as a, a ding-dong. <laughs> but I talk to people of high power, they're like, you know what? You got it about you. They also think is I sacrifice, like, coming off as smart to make people laugh. Okay. I get more enjoyment out of that than like seeming like I'm prim and proper. And yes, yes, sir. <laughs> I, could, um, I could see that. Did you see Chael's event? I did. How? So the tag team action. It was pretty, pretty, pretty boring. Oh, the tag team action. Yep. It didn't. Well, it I, didn't turn out to be what they thought it would be. Because just it was such a high level matchup right, that the right. guys didn't risk, you know. Well, sometimes when they're both really good, at like will cancel. Right. right. Yeah. Got you. So pretty much it was Vinny Magales, who's in the PFL, right? PFL and multiple time black belt world champion, the last guy to beat Gordon Ryan. Right. And then versus that guy Nicky Rod. Right. And it was pretty much just Vinny Magales, butt scooting as Nicky Rod kept trying to grab his foot and pull him to their corner. And nothing came of it. Then in overtime, I don't know what happened there, but instead of Craig Jones coming in, Nicky Rod stayed in. So I don't know what, like, Chael basically and Submission Underground, they had to pay Craig Jones just for his name and being there. He didn't even grapple. Wow. Yeah. Damn. He probably wants a pretty big coin. I'd imagine. Absolutely. Putting together some of the matches that I've been trying to put together... Yes, absolutely. Grapplers want serious money. But the idea of it was very entertaining. I'm sure a lot of people tuned in. Right. And I think maybe, I mean, you almost have to dangle that carrot. So the carrot that they dangled was, and then what they do is after it goes to a draw, they do EBI rules. Right. So the winner got 25 grand. And then they'll keep doing those EBI rules until they get a winner. Okay. So they, in that situation, nobody got submitted. They had to go off of ride time. Wow. All right. right. Yeah. So Chael was on. He was talking about it's free to watch on Fight Pass if you have a subscription. A subscription. So I went on the Fight Pass, and I, when I was fighting the UFC, I had subscriptions. I'm like, let me see. Let's see what's going on. And everything was locked. And I was like, hmm. This is interesting because I used to fight for this company. Now I'm retired. I My fight pass is locked up. So UFC, um, WTF, mate. Let's, uh, 
unlock those things. <laughs> Let's go in your little... And just, you know. So they revoked your fight pass, officially. Because I, I remember when Ryan and Flair uh, retired, he, like, went on to watch something. Like, dude, they took away my fight pass. And I was like, <laughs> maybe it's because, you know, you're not the menace. But, uh, no, I don't think it matters. Yeah, I think once you're retired, they take away your fight pass. Uh, my fights are on there! I might have so much blood I've given. Uh, you know, I want to show my kids, like, hey. It's your dad throwing down. I can't even do that. Because not on YouTube. They, I got to pay for my own fights? Yeah. That's insane. And then you hit me up and we're like, can you, you know send what? me these fights? And I couldn't send you them. I'm texting Dana White right now. Hit him up. Be like, yeah, what? WTF. What are you going to say? Dana White. <laughs> hey, Dana. <laughs> Dennis Bermudez here. And I'm going to go deep, too. Dennis Bermudez here. I went on Fight Pass because my kids wanted to see what their dad used to do. And everything is locked. Do I not have fight pass anymore? Question mark. Let me let me proofread it because I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to send back. You know. Oh, sorry. At like there, like the right way. I went. Dad, what their dad used to do, and her thing is locked. Send. P.S. When are you finally coming on Menace in the Man Show? Yeah, we'll get there. Let me just get a peep at him right there. You know, we almost had him that one time when T.J. Dillashaw pissed hot. Mm, can't do that, T.J. Can't do that, T.J. You I mean, T.J. should probably be, like not nah, two I, years. I know, but like that was like a year ago. Yeah, we got another year. Yeah, he's probably available. We should hit him up to come on the podcast soon. Like, see what he's been up to. Hmm. I know he opened up uh, a juice, juice bar. bar. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And I believe that they made. Remember, he when we had him on, even then they were just opening up the training lab, and it was a private gym. I think they turned that into public? a public gym. Yes. Pretty sure he probably does well because he's not a dummy, and he's no. like very disciplined. And a regimented guy. So I imagine if he wants to fucking, and also he was a tight, he was a champ for a minute. So big following. I mean, he was yeah. the champion. Even Dillashaw never lost his belt. He got stripped of it. Right. So I would imagine he made a ton, a shit ton of money, and like put it the right spots. And then now, not fighting, he's fucking probably just throwing all of his fucking energy into that. I'm sure. And making it work. So I'll hit him up. We'll try and get him back on here. See what's 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 crackalacking with good old TJ. Yeah, we had him on in the beginning, like right after that fight. Yeah. And what then, uh, what's it say right there? UG of the day. <clears throat> TJ, UG of the day. Well, the underground is asking, do we forgive or forget TJ Dillashaw? So do we forgive him for his EPO failed test, or do we forget? I mean, 
he just did it at the highest level, like he was a champion. So he got like more shade. What about on John him. Jones? It was uh, that was something different. But EPO was like um, Lance Armstrong was taken. Yeah. Yeah. And even a lot of the Russians actually failed for yeah. EPO and yeah. Melodin. A drug's a drug. I don't give a shit. What yeah. Um, it's a PED. So yeah. yeah, same similar boat as John Jones. So why the fuck? Because he's black. Because he's John fucking Jones, bro. Like when we had Rashad on, Rashad said it best. He's Teflon John. Teflon John Jones. Um, and then there's a boxing fight this past weekend. Huge boxing fight. Um, Fury defeated Wilder. Yeah. Just stuck the jabs out, and then every time they would get inside, he would just kind of pull them. De- Deontay bit. Wilder versus Tyson Fury. So Deontay Wilder is now saying he lost because he walked out with like a 40-pound. You sent that to me today. Yes. He walked out with like a 40, 60-pound costume, predator costume or some weird fucking thing. So now if you're in shape. He said his legs were shot. <laughs> yeah, I think it might, well, have to, it might have to do with the punch in the side of the fucking head. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I could see that, I guess, if you're walking around with a weight vest and whatnot for 10 minutes. But. That's your own stupidity. That's your own stupidity. And if you're in shape, listen, if I wore out fucking 100 pounds that I had on for, I'm going to be okay in that fight. Because I'm fucking trained like an animal. Yeah. Even like. He's also like pretty light for that weight class. The heavy, like I heard he comes in like 210. He, for the first fight, he came in 210. I think for this one, he came in like 220. He came in a little heavier for this one. Like, it's heavyweight. So, like, but Fury he came also, in. if he dropped, what, the fucking 10 pounds and fought at the weight class? Yeah. He would probably fuck some shit up there. Yeah. But, like, so I'm obviously a student of the game. I've grown up on boxing. I don't think, so granted, he's the heavyweight champion. He has all these knockouts. But then you'll watch sometimes, like... Sometimes he'll obviously throw the cleanest too, right. and you'll be like, oh, shit, he just fucking broke that guy, and he, yeah. he's out cold. But then there's other times when in an exchange— He'll, he'll like— He'll yeah. throw like a—like just trying to touch the guy, but it's like, dude, that was bad technique. So he's not really that technical. Right. So I knew— he's, I, th- I was saying it to someone today. Overall, as a boxer, I don't think Wilder is— he, nowhere near the best. I just so it's kind of like it's not the man that knows a, a thousand techniques. It's the man that practiced one technique one thousand times. I think he's definitely got that fucking right hand straight. I think he's a, a superior athlete, super athlete. Where hey, like this works. You yeah. know, if you took fucking LeBron James, you're like, hey, let's get you into boxing. You could probably turn LeBron James into a world champion as long as mentally he's there. And what would you say? I don't know. Five years, four years. Well, saying you got him in his prime. Yeah, and if he could take a punch. Right. But I think um, Fury is really fucking good, especially for a heavyweight. I think Fury's... They're both awesome for the sport in their own aspects, because some a lot of people, they like people being flashy and, you know. I'm talking and, about fight-wise. Right, right. Yeah. Whereas, so yes, he's entertaining to watch. Or you might be like, he's too flashy. I hope he gets fucked up. Like It's good. You have emotion. You know, where Fury is like this fucking, 
It's like, are you a saint? Like, yeah, you've been through some hard times. Now you're just donating like half your purse to fucking millions of dollars to people that don't have houses. He donated his whole purse. Was the, it? The first fight. I don't know what he did I, for this I, fight. Nine million? Yeah. Crazy. I'm like, damn. And even I saw like afterward, obviously, all the memes and shit were going up. And even on the fight broadcast, they showed, you know how they show like both guys in the locker room before the fight? They showed Wilder in there like stretching, doing fucking yoga. They showed Fury in there like doing the Macarena, like dancing yeah. in his boxers. Uh. And then I think it was like Bilal Muhammad posted like, man, I got to start dancing to warm up. Yeah. Instead of just fucking stretching and being an athlete. Like, this dude gave away $9 million. If I gave away 900 I'd be like, I fucking... <laughs> not that, like, the charity... I'm just saying financially, it would hurt me. I mean... Like, fuck. I'm trying to look up his amateur record. I think it comes down to that, too. Like, he has a lot more fights than... What's his name? Oh, no, so not even. 31-4 and four was his amateur record. I mean, I'm sure there's more than that, and then he's got however many. So even, uh... Let me see what Wilder has. But I just think he's a better boxer than Wilder. So what I was saying, like when I was having a conversation, I thought Fury was going to win. I didn't call a knockout, but I said it. I wouldn't be surprised if he knocked him out. I thought he was definitely winning a decision. But uh, you know when like two technical guys or two fighters even fight each other and then they rematch? I think the first time that they fought, the better guy figured the other guy out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying it's going to happen with Don Reyes versus John Jones, but there's a chance, you know, one of them figured the other guy out. That when they rematch, they're going to look at all the things that they did in the first fight. What's going on with those rappers? What happens? Another rapper died? No. Oh. He probably meant to say grapplers. Oh. But, um, what was I saying? Oh, I think uh, Wilder is a little less technical than Fury. So Fury picked apart the first fight, was in there for 12 rounds with him, realized what works against him, and then I think that was just the second fight. It had nothing to do with the 60-pound thing he wore, and if that did factor in like he was tired, it also had a lot to do with the fact that he got punched in the head. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, but Wilder's uh, camp is like pushing for the third, the trilogy. That's a tough one. Which, like, it's t like if you went in there and you feel like you get your ass beat, like, and you're like, man, that guy's better than me. Usually, you don't want the rematch. Yeah. But if you go in there and, like, it's close, you feel like you got robbed or maybe you got caught, yeah, you want the, the rematch. You think, so he's got to probably think he got caught. He did not get caught. So even the first fight, if you take out, and he shouldn't have got a draw for the first fight, he lost the first fight and got a draw. He had, like, I think two knockdowns, so he knocked Fury down once, maybe twice. Definitely that one time that he knocked him down late in the fight, and Fury got up both times. In between those knockdowns, Fury was outboxing him. Yeah. This fight, Fury just fucked him up the whole fight. So I'm going to push to get him on the show. Fuck, maybe next week. is I should have tried. Is babyface Adam Kanowski. I think he beats both of them. Okay. He's this guy that he's this Polish boxer at heavyweight that nobody fucking knows about. He has a fight coming up, and I believe, at the Barclays. He is fucking dudes up. He's putting motherfuckers away. Mm -hmm. We got to get him in the show. He'd be fucking. Yeah, he's a big dude. Yeah. So he calls me. Uh, I call him Babyface. 
or I call him Baby Spice, and he calls me Brown Spice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm a. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Adam Kowanaki, I believe. Kowanaki, right? Kowanaki, Kowanaki, yeah, yeah. something like that. But yeah, he's a super talent right now in boxing. He's undefeated, and on the come up, he has a fight March seventh, and. He's definitely in the mix of heavyweights right now. Yeah. So if he doesn't take that unfortunate L, he should work his way right into a title shot. But now they're saying, uh, like you said, they might do a third because there's a lot of money in it, or they're going to try to make... Yeah, but then on the other side, there's uh, that British boxer. Josh, that's what I was going to say. The biggest fight they can make is Joshua versus Fury because yes. they've also been... They're both from overseas. The UK. Yeah, and they've been dancing, talking shit to each other for years. Even that, something that was being posted constantly after the fight, was uh, a video of a fat Tyson. You've seen that. Yeah. He used to be really fat, Tyson Fury. Like, after he beat Klitschko, he went on, like, a drug bender, a food bender, weighed 300-plus pounds. And then Deontay Wilder came onto the scene. He then did an interview and was like, oh, Tyson Fury's fucking done. And if he does come back, I'll whoop his ass. So people were posting all these old videos of Tyson Fury, all fat, running and saying like you fucked up mate you know i'm coming back because you said i can't do it so now i'm coming back just for you i'll see you in a couple years yeah that's pretty dope yeah and then people were reposting like old tweets and shit where he said like the biggest fight that could happen is me and deontay wilder and then people comment and like no you're fucking washed up he'll fuck you up and then him writing i guarantee you i knock him out that's pretty bo- that's pretty bad ace yeah i think he's great for the sport tyson fury he speaks out on like mental health and the, the mentality of a fighter where most fighters, like you've touched on it even a little bit, like just how like what's actually going through your head and whatnot. Most fighters are just perceived as complete alpha males that. Well, you got to be kind of be. Yeah. But like that don't feel or experience anything. But Tyson Fury like just pulls that curtain and relates to people and says like, you know, nope, this is what I go through. Alcoholism, drug problem, you know, all that shit. But, Wild. Yeah. Huge comeback. Impressive win for him. And you didn't get to watch the fight. You just saw some highlights. I don't have money to pay for pay-per-view, dude. I don't pay for pay-per-views. I don't illegally stream them, but I don't pay for them. You go places? Uh, Something like that. Yeah. Or I just find a way to check them out. Right. But it was a good fight. But even that, like... uh. Is that why you sent that to me? I didn't respond to you when you sent it. That he was wearing the 60 pounds of guard. No, I just thought you'd fucking like it. That's all. Okay. But no, I thought it was a, uh, you know, for lack of a better way to put it, a bitch made it was excuse. 40, no, it was 40 pounds, which makes it even worse. Yeah. I think that's a, that's like a, a put, you know, you always say I got excuses about shit. I have injuries and maybe sometimes excuses, whatever the fuck. What kind of excuse is that? That he wore a fucking heavy shirt and a heavy fucking mask and shit. And that's why he lost. I think his excuse is better than yours. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. So I wore a a 40-pound weight vest versus I snapped my leg in half. A lot more at stake. I'm asking you to just work out a little bit. You're like, I can't. I worked out with you last week. (laughs) You don't remember this? One week today. Actually, one week yesterday. Yeah. Once a week. That's what I do now. All right. You want to work out this week? I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. All right, cool. Maybe the day after. All right, come on. We'll lift. Yeah. We'll get it in. All right, cool. But, um. Episode 66. Yeah, let's wrap this up. 
Yeah, I gotta go punch. I gotta do punch face. We were gonna have Caitlin Trukagan in studio yesterday. She was a little under the weather. Everyone must have the flu at Lima. Maybe that's what's going on. Ooh. You're about to. I got the flu. So. Hopefully they don't got the coronavirus. But uh, yeah, we're gonna get her on next week, and I think Kyle Sermon might be able to come as well. Today we were going to have Volkanovski, but Volkanovski's flight got moved, so he's traveling. It's a, you know how it's a, it's tomorrow in Australia, right? So he has a flight this morning, and then he said next week he'll be available. So hopefully we can configure that. We were going to get Beck Rowlings on as well. She's in Australia. She said she's not available till later in the afternoon, which would be... Midnight. Yeah, very late for us. And then the other one was... um, I hit up Hector Lombard, who said he would be possibly available tonight, but I guess he can't do... He doesn't fucking like you. Yeah, he definitely... I mean, if he remembers that instance, he doesn't like me yet. Uh-huh. But he knows you. You and him fought on the same card before. Have you ever had any interactions with him? Yep. What were they? High and by? No, he likes me. Huh. So we'll work on that, trying to get him on as well. And then um, another thing I wanted to do, I also talked to Pedro Munoz. You know that dude? So he might come on next Monday. I was trying to get him on today, but scheduling conflict and whatnot. I might be working on possibly getting him to come grapple at the New York Combat Championships April 11th. I have talked to a few people and working on some things. And then even that, when I do get out of here, I want to hit up um, the homeboy from Fight Pass. Because we, we might be putting together that type of card. Okay. He said to me, if you can get some names and some... Dana White still hasn't gotten back to me. Damn it, Dana. I mean, he's probably an important meeting where he could, you know... Oh, 100%. So Tuesday, like if we were doing even later, I would love to get Dana on on a Tuesday because they do like matchmaker meetings on Tuesdays. Maybe we could sit in the, in the meeting. So, ooh, that'd be the, amazing. But I'm like, no, it's a bad idea! Fuck that guy. Do this guy. Like, Dennis. All right, hang up on him. Like, dude. I'll be like, see, Stan, it's your fault. And then they'll okay. be like, hang up on him. And then someone will yell in the background, and make sure he never gets his fight pass back. Click. And that'll be the last thing you hear. It's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, working on some things for the New York Combat Champions. Maybe we'll have some big announcements next week. April 11th. They're throwing out fight announcements. It's going down Chinatown. So, I got to go so I can re- recruit people. Is that what you're going to do? By punching him in the face. All right. Episode 66. Of what show? The Menace and the Man Show. Well, goodbye. Well, see you later.